You're listening to the Collaboration Twins podcast with me, Kelly. And me, Rob. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to episode 14. So we were just saying earlier, weren't we, Rob, that we're roughly about halfway through season one. Yeah. We'll probably wrap it up towards school holidays and give everyone a break. Over the summer. Over the summer. We'll then come back with a load of more stories in the summer about yeah. what went on with the kids. Um, so, this episode, Kel? We said we were going to talk about how to deal with your twins being ill. Yeah. And sort of the early signs of what we've learned from doctors and just how we've managed to cope with it. Hmm. Um, because they will get ill, and if one gets ill, you can bet your bottom dollar in a couple of we- couple of weeks, couple of days, the other one's going to come down with it as well. And it is hard. It is hard. Yeah. So, what's happened since last week? Um, like today, Happy Easter, everyone. Yeah, Happy Easter. It's Easter Sunday. I don't know about you, but our twins have got fourteen. I say the twins. We've got fourteen eggs to get through with those babies. Like, I remember when I had the twins thinking like I'm really a little bit disappointed because I'm not going to get any Easter eggs but I'll get even more eggs because I've got twins I think I have more eggs now than what I had as a kid myself yeah Um, so today we spent time over at at Nanny and Grandad Grandad Bikes house yeah they they had a little Easter egg hunt first Easter egg hunt which is more a case of their cousin their cousin's one of them trying to get as many eggs out of the other one. And then just like the twins picking up eggs and rattling them. Yeah. Which actually made me think I used to do a bit of sensory play with eggs with them. I might hide some stuff in there and let them rattle them. Yeah. And then and then and then they had a lamb lamb dinner. Oh, lamb roast. Yeah. And Rob always finds it's controversial because my mum likes to put like a bit of jam on the lamb to like let it cook and marinate and it yeah. goes like sweet on the outside. Weird. I love it. I mean, I ain't going to complain. It tasted lovely today. There you go. And she she made the second best, world's second best roast potatoes Second well. best roast potatoes. Um, even behind my brother's ones as well. Don't say that because oh, you might miss it. I know. So, anything else happened this week? Um, they're very much on the move. They're pulling themselves up on the sofa and walking around. They're pulling themselves up in their walkers and taking themselves for a little walk on the walkers. Um, Erin has started, I don't know if we said this last week, but has started pointing to her head and her nose and her ears when we ask her. Yeah. Don't we? Like, where's your head? She pointed to her head. Where's your nose? She points to her nose. And I've just taught her ears and she's getting ears now. Yeah. Teddy sings a little song and claps his hands and puts his hands up, doesn't he? Yeah. They're, um, it's just amazing what they're starting to just, they're just like little sponges, what they're starting to pick up now. Mm. They've literally just turned 11 months. So yeah, we and we can we can come back to that actually on another episode about how you prep for that transition from like them just slightly moving to being on a crawl. Oh, it's hard. To work. then then call like like this week this week when we worked over I had to work over um we had to be over your mum's house while she went to a doctor's a dentist didn't you? Mm. And I was like, when you came back and you're in the garden with them. Obviously, it's the first time really they've been in the garden properly because they were born May last year. So they, we couldn't really put them out in the summer because remember last summer was like ridiculously hot, and I was watching you whilst on the call with a client. Like one went one way, one went the other way. One was trying to put leaves in the mouth. One was in the, trying to be in the flower bed. Oh God, it's um. Yeah, I'm on my toes a bit more now. Definitely. And also because they're both crawling. They're not just crawling, they're picking themselves up and everything. Yeah. So, like, gone are the days when you can sit on the sofa and have something to eat because they are up there, they are now wanting to eat what you're eating. Yeah. 
Lovely though. Yeah. Probably so good, isn't it? It is. So let's get on to this episode. Like, so how to deal with your twins when they're poorly, yeah. both at the same time. And this comes off the back of, uh, how many months was it in before that when the kids were ill? When they first properly got ill, they're about six months. Yeah, six months. And we end up having to go to... Um, a and E for them, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, so it was in the winter. So you start to get a few signs beforehand, like they're just a bit more grumpy than usual, a bit more whiny, wanting to cuddle you a lot more. Um, perhaps they've gone off milk a little bit. Perhaps, which is actually quite a nice one, though, they start sleeping a bit more. Mm. And I always think that they're mending in their sleep. But you start to see these signs that they're just not right. They're just a little bit more whingy, a little bit more clingy, gone off stuff, and then they get ill. So what the first the first um, time they got ill like that, uh, let's go back to like how we dealt with that and what we learnt from it going forward to the last few weeks when they've been quite badly ill in the last few weeks, haven't they? Yeah. So. So they we, had like, they had in the winter last year they had, I mean that was they they thought they had bronchiolitis. Yeah. It was very it was going round at the winter. I know quite a few other smaller baby twins that caught it, bless them, and it's hard. So um, they just snot rags a lot, aren't they? And then the thing is, like, one of the best things to do is cowpole. And I stand by the actual brand cowpole. I don't know what they put in it, but it's better than the... Extra sugar. Well, no, it says sugar-free. <laughs> but, like, we got the cheap version, like your Tesco's version. And it's good, but I don't know what's in real cowpole, but it's just another level because you give them a shot of that and it's like they're not even ill. But at Christmas, even cowpole wasn't touching the sides. Like they were properly ill, so they were just constantly snotting. They were crying a lot. They had mucus out their eyes. They had mucus coming out of their eyes. They were like waking. conjunctivitis. And they're waking up like with their eyes sometimes sealed shut, weren't they? From it all, they had to wipe it off. They couldn't stay awake for really more than like forty, forty-five minutes, and they were just. It wasn't like a upset cry. It was like a just a. Cry when it when high temperature, high temperature, rosy cheeks, struggling to get anything down them, and the other thing they were doing is you would get milk down them and they would like projectile vomit. Mm. But what we learnt from that is it's actually the mucus clearing. Yeah. So it all sounds scarier and like they have really explosive runny poos, but again, it's the mucus coming out. So we... yeah, the first thing is we thought they had conjunctivitis, but it was actually like when we went to the doctors. Yeah, she's like, A&E, they're like, it's mucus coming out of their eyeballs. So what led us to go to A&E is it had been a couple of days. Ted had really gone off milk and we were struggling to get anything down him without him projectile vomiting or pooing. And he was just not really staying awake. His temperature was above 38 and yeah. you need to be sort of 36 and a half, 37. Anything above that, you've got a temperature. He was at, no, he spiked to 40, didn't he? Yeah, that's so when, that's when we, were we like. stripped him, put him in a cold bath to try and cool him down, just tried to get little sips of liquid down him and he just was started to go floppy and his breathing didn't look right. Um, so we didn't dick around. We just put him, we took him straight to A&E at that point mm. because I, I tried to call 111. I was actually on the phone to 111 for 45 minutes before I got through and we just stayed on the phone but went to the A&E didn't we because I knew what they were going to tell us um, 
And yeah, babies will get priority. So we got seen pretty sharpish. And she said, I know it sounds horrendous, but that's mucus coming out their eyes. The projectile vomit and explosive poo is the mucus clearing. That horrible, horrible cough is good because it's clearing it. And she said, I know they look really poorly, but they're actually fighting it. And so what I didn't realize you can do is you can give cowpole and Nurofen. Um, same as Nurofen and cowpole, it's every four hours, but you can do it intermittently every two. So like give cowpole two hours later to ibuprofen, then back to two hours later cowpole, then back to ibuprofen. We learned that from the doctors. That was a really good tip because then you've kind of constantly got a drip of... Of course. Check this with your doctors first as yeah. well. But I mean, cowpole does fever and temperature. And Neurofren's more pain, isn't it? Mm. And what else we learned from that time? That what we were doing was right, was calling down in the bath, cowpole, Neurofen, um, trying to get little liquids in him. He said we were doing sort of the right thing. What I've recently learned that you should never do, though, with cow- is chicken pox. I said to you, if they get chicken pox, do not give them Neurofen. It's cowpole only because the ibuprofen reacts with the spots. And at that time, they they were pretty much up for the whole night, weren't they? Like they'd go down bit, for a little they? bit and then wake yeah. up. Uh, so so like it does take a to- toll on on uh, like it took a toll on us as a couple. Because what did didn't I have some event or something like that, that week? I know recently. Isn't the same thing? I had filming that day, didn't I? Yeah. I'd filming up in London that week, and I'd that next day I'd filming the whole day, and I thought, oh, of all days, because we were staying at had to stay at your mum, your mum and dad's one, yeah. like, wasn't it? But I mean, they were sleeping a lot in the day, weren't they? Like as I said, they were. Where the really, bathroom works, that was it. They weren't really staying awake for longer. I think an hour was like a long time for them, and then they were back. I mean, the nice thing is they just want you, and they just want to sleep on mm. you and cuddle you, which is lovely. But it is hard with two, like. <laughs> I was quite lucky that I had you around. And if not, it was kind of tag-teaming, like putting one to sleep, the other one would fall asleep on me, and then putting them down and vice versa. And So we had to almost be flexible with our time as well. Yeah. And, and committing to try and support each other as much as possible, weren't it? Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate sometimes, like, you've got things to do, but you have to ultimately look at and analyse some of that stuff and go, can this wait for a couple more weeks whilst the kids get better? So that was that was the first time. So we learnt we learnt some stuff from that, and then recently the kids have got ill again. Now they're going off to nursery, aka what I call the infection centre, and they seem to come back with any illnesses from there. Combined with your your nieces getting from her her sisters, um, like the kids a couple of days a week are just surrounded by potentially ill babies mm. of some sort, they've, ill kids. They've constantly got snot at the moment. I mean, you know your kids, like, there's, they are going to get ill. They are going to have little coughs. I mean, they've had little coughs and cold. Like, they've got a cough now, but they're okay. They kind of have little coughs and cold throughout. But, I mean, when they get really ill, um, that's what I said. When and they started more. to go down. It was like the week before, and we started to see those telltale signs, weren't it? Erin, mm. uh, was it? Ted, Ted went, then Erin went a couple of days later. Yeah, and then but then obviously we went off to it was off to nursery, wasn't it? Which one did I drop off at nursery? That's what happened when I got ill last time. Actually, when they're about that time, they're about six months with that bronchiolitis. Ted got ill two days later. Erin went down with it. Yeah, you have to just expect that's going to happen. Yeah, and prepare for it. So we we had it the week before, wasn't it? We had to, we had I 
which one one of them wasn't right ill ted okay. ted wasn't ill so he came he stayed with me on friday and then they're in erin we she, i took her down to nursery and then they called up a few hours later and said you need to come pick her up because she's got a high temperature and, and not not feeling right and she was right bright i mean when i even got there she was all like chirping up and all happy but obviously ted had been ill a couple of days before so we started to know those telltale signs and then it just got a little bit worse and worse, wasn't it? Yeah, so we just got over. turns out it was glue ear. I thought it was an ear infection because they just had, like, gunk coming out of their Double ears. Double glue ear, wasn't it? So, again, with that, we kind of... It's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because Google is your best friend and your worst enemy, but we had a look and it kind of said... As long as it's coming out, they're not. it's kind of clearing. So we just kept wiping it with cool board water, but... It then started to infect the outer ear, didn't it? Yeah. And it had got to like 10 days for Ted and it was in both ears and it wasn't getting any better and he had constant snot and temperature. Not enough that On he was... On top of suspected foot and mouth, whatever it was, Oh, no, he it? did have a bit of foot and mouth as well, which they can't do anything about. And he was kind of like not ill enough that you think, I need an emergency doctor's appointment. Yeah. But not quite well. And after it had been like seven days, I was like, okay, this ear infection's now starting to go in both ears. It's starting to come in the outer ear now. So... Again, we just walked into a 24-hour clinic, wasn't it? Mm. And again, we got seen pretty pretty sharpish. And he was like, yeah, they've got glue ear out of both ears, um, which is quite common, but I'll give you some antibiotics to clear it up. And it within sort of four days, they were clear all that up. And it? again, it's just mucus, wasn't it? It was like mucus clearing off mucus coming out of the ears. So it sounds horrendous, but actually the body's clearing it. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't at first, as I said, was kind of like just wiping it. I was like, they're not going to prescribe antibiotics anyway. Just see if it does run its course. But yeah, when we got to like six, seven days, we're like, no, it's not going. We do. A bit and that, and and Erin, Erin, then obviously had it a couple of days later, weren't it? Because yeah. Moni we weren't ever Ted, although Erin was struggling. Mm. Just he, you could tell he was a bit more advanced on. And then a few days later, obviously, we were given the antibiotics, but that those we had a couple of nights where she just wasn't sleeping, wasn't she? Yeah. And it was actually just before my Again. Indus- industry event that I held. Interestingly, Ted had the same thing. They were waking up in the middle of the night, and we didn't know what it was. And then a day or two later, the gunk was coming out their ears, and they stopped crying so much. So it must have been they had really painful ears. And then when it all came out, they started to feel better. Yeah. Which is why we kind of put off going to the doctors because we thought they're not going to give them anything. Um, but as I said, after like seven to ten days, I was like, that's a bit too long now. They need help. Yeah. And, and they... again, that was because... Well, actually, we were double dosing them to put them down to sleep. We were giving them Nurofen and Calpol together at night, which you can do. We checked with the doctor. Um, I was Just to get them to sleep. Yeah. So they needed that to just we recover. Because we were up all night, we were shattered, weren't we? I yeah, was back and, at and work. Going back from our, going back from our bragging of like twelve hours sleep <laughs> nights and all that sort of side to it, it was a big shock for that. that One night, that, that it was week. like every three hours. It was like having newborns again, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was the night before the, I had to be up in London. And like, I remember having Erin on me from about two o'clock to about four o'clock, five o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah, because again, she'd only settle on us. But um, the minute you put her down, she was crying, wasn't she? And I, and and it did it did take a toll on us. Like, let's be honest with the viewers. Yeah. Like it took took a toll on us. Like you you were you'd gone back to work. You were struggling. Um, you were tired from from going back into that working environment. Yeah, and I don't necessarily work. Like I will turn up at work at about 
10 to 8 and I will sit down and quickly get a sandwich at 10 to 1. It is full on what I do. Yeah. And the kids are very full on and it was just like, yeah, I did and I had that, struggled. That, that event, I had to just, it was a big build up towards getting it all finished and finalised. Mm. And I had released something else within within what I was doing. So it was like a, we'd, we'd had this like tornado of like, you were manic at work, we were trying to manage it, we'd manage a schedule and all of a sudden they got kicked out the window because the kids are real. Yeah. And we were all over the place, weren't we? And then you have that guilt of, so one of the days we didn't have childcare. Yeah. And so I had to stay off with them. And then you get that guilt of, oh, I feel like I should be at work. And then it's kind of like you lose a day's pay and you just get that, you'll get really torn because I needed to be off for my kids and I would choose my kids all day long. But then you also have that guilt of like, oh, I've got to ring up work and I feel guilty and we've lost a day's pay. You do get frustrated because like, I've lost a day's pay. Mm. Um, but yeah, I choose my babies all day long and they just need... The hardest bit is cuddling too and getting them both comfy, but they quite like being like facing forward with their belly rubbed and put a bit of hay bear sensory on TV and just bounce up and down and see if you can get them to have a little nap. But it's just about balancing, trying to get one down than the other because they are mending when they are sleeping. Have you got any, have you got any tips for that? Um, if one is going before the other, I try and get that one down. Um, and then rock the other one. If they're both going at the same time, it's having them both on me and rocking them. I sort of sit on the sofa and I kind of bounce up and down. It's a great glute workout. <laughs> um, and just things like that. And yeah, just the calponeurofen and But I think when they are real, you'll you'll see they naturally sleep more mm. because that's how your body mends. Yeah. But it is, it's just, it is just hard work. And trying to get liquids down them, like, especially if you're weaning, if they're struggling, sack off the trying to get food, go for liquid first. Yeah. And actually, another thing we were doing um, back at Christmas when they were really ill, because he was projectile vomiting milk a lot, is I was giving him, like, orange squash. Yeah. And they said that was really good because it was keeping his sugar levels up. Yeah, yeah, because they did the test on the sugar levels. Yeah, he went as far as I've been giving him orange squash. I was like, that's a really good idea. Yeah. So just alternatives, isn't it? Yeah. Anything else to cover? We might might be a little bit of a short episode for everyone out there. Yeah, but sometimes it's just hearing... Just to normalise everything. Yeah. And just and be like... I would say trust your gut because... And if in, if in any doubt, ring 111. And if, again, if in any doubt, especially with babies, they will get seen as priority. And But one last thing is, make sure if you have your circle of people around you, try and so get your circle to support you. Mm. Like, don't feel like you have to be this super parent on your own or as a couple to deal with this. Like, if you need, if they've been up all night and you're knackered and you need some time, try and recruit like your, your parents, their grandparents. Like I'm sure your grandparents would love to do that, or friends or family, or anyone that can just give you a little bit of a a supporting break within that period of time. The amount or... of times my sister's had, she's ill and the kids are ill, and she's gone, Mum, can you just watch them while I go and rest? Mm. And that's what I was doing when the twins were down, and especially when I was up all night, I was napping then as well because I was like I need my energy to be back on form for you and like and almost remove like in that period of time yeah you're not going to get any washing yeah just remove like all the things that start to prioritize things and just think is it worth it to do that right now or is that added stress this situation like 
if it doesn't matter if the house is going to be a bit dirtier for a week or so, the washing's going to not be done every single day or, you know what I mean? Like, mm. those are sort of things. You just make sure that you rest as a as a parent within that because, you know, we went back into that environment where it was, like, up for the night and we were very fortunate of how we trained the, ch- the kids to be down. But, like, if we, if we are... That was a big shock and if that's continued, like... Yeah. Would be absolutely screwed, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's just this of being sensible and and the other thing we learn as well is as I said, calpineurophen are like miracle drugs. And you think they're okay, so you leave it and leave it and leave it, and then it's been six, seven hours and they're back to really ill again. Yeah. So what we did is when we knew they were poorly, is we stayed on top of it, whether they looked like they needed it or not. For a couple of days when they were in the midst of it, mm. we stayed on top of that pain relief and especially Calpol to keep the temperature down. And yeah, that was best. Yeah, I because could... you can tell you can tell the difference with them coming out of it, or the te- tell the difference where it's kicked in. Because we learnt that, like, and then you have to wait for it to kick in, and then you delayed it, and then there's just a big you're in that. But spiral, kids don't. Innit? My dad always says that kids don't fake it when they feel rough. They they're rough, and then as soon as it kicks in, they're feeling better. They oh, it's just well that 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 day that I took uh, I had to pick up Erin for nursery early, and then but Ted was ill, like he was really ill in the morning. I was like, I'm not, we're not taking him in, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a day of work, and then I worked from I worked from home anyway, so I was just doing email clients. I just didn't have I didn't have any appointments in any of that day, and I came back here and gave us a cow bowl, and like. Half an hour later, he was just like playing in the pen, like yeah. giggling. I was thinking, hang on, mate, you were supposed to be ill. Like, you were ill two you hours ago. Have you seen the cowpaw advert? There's the, that classic cowpaw advert when it's like the kid's really ill, they give it cowpaw and then it's running around again. And that is that is what they're like. That's what I say. We've tried the Tesco and Asda's version and it it's not the same as real life cowpaw. It's worth the money and you can buy big bottles of it. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, as I said, like... Especially if they're being sick and they're quite phlegmy, trying to reduce like dairy stuff. Yeah. Give them more like tomatoy based pastas and And also toast. avoid it's... avoid trying to feed them on your bed when they're in that environment. Yeah, don't feed them on your bed. Because that that many bed sheets that's changeable. They've had a whole bottle, they've sat up, burped and projectile vomited yeah. to clear the mucus and it's like great. Anything else left? Otherwise, it could be a very boring I mean, episode if we keep rambling on. As I said, we're not doctors. It's just what we've learned. Trust your gut instincts because you know best. Um, hopefully, we've given you some good tips. And there's always one, one, one. And as I said, any worries, babies get seen first. Yeah. Should we leave it there? Let's leave it there. Short so we got, and sweet. We got some. We got some guests lined up for the next few weeks. We're yeah, aiming we to push them out. We've had quite a few people. Fill so thanks in, for that. Filling the little Google. So we we'll get we we'll get some guests on and then. Um, yeah, halfway through the season. Wow. And also, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening and supporting because, like, we've been going up the Apple charts, haven't yeah. we? Which are, like, top in the 30 at the moment. 32, I think we were in today. Yeah, and, yeah, incredible. Like, when we reached over a 1,000 downloads, I was like, wow. If it's you listen thing. to it at all and you there's some episodes that you think, oh, actually, it'd be really good if you could do an episode on this because we'll probably be coming up to that and we want to know a bit more about that. We're more than happy to 
to do that and also come back to some of the episodes we've had before like the weaning and stuff like that how we've experienced since we lot our last episode recorded i mean they, what they're feeding now how they're feeling how they're, they're sleeping how they're now, talking they? they're yeah they're, so like they, roast. there's certain stuff like that which would be nice to bring back into it mm. and also um things like you know as they start to develop walking and like yeah i'd love to probably do an episode next few weeks probably about um, how to prepare your house like stuff you need to make sure you start hiding because we've started to do that like everything's going up or across yeah. or blocked off so pre- preparing for that moment as well baby gates all sorts of stuff so if we'll leave it there thanks for listening guys and we'll chat to you next week ciao